I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's happening to me? What's going to happen tomorrow? Where am I going? What's life about? And there's only one thing that you need to know. Pizza will always be there for you. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, October 1st. We're in October. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us live, as always, Tass Mellis. Thankfully, despite it being a whole new game, basketball still the shortest of the four major sports. We've also got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey yo! Hey yo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. Mm. And last but not least, mm. making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube. Thanks to everyone who has already hit up nodunks.com to buy your new turn up, love you guys, awesome t-shirt and or a classic No Dunks pin or the other shirts we have in our store. Keep your questions and your comments coming for our next Beach Steppin' Podcast. Hit the beach yesterday to answer a few of your cues. Got crazy in that one. I mean, these beef stepping podcasts get more and more insane. We talked for about 10 minutes about killing cockroaches, I think. Uh, so go listen to that and email in your questions, no dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc. We got the up down report on today's show, but of course, we're starting with game one of the NBA finals. Looking back at that, breaking it all down, AD, LeBron, and the Lakers task, they roll in game one. They top the heat 116 to 98. Here's a classic Skeets line. It wasn't even that close, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what do you think? Big takeaway from the game one victory for LA. Anthony Davis at center would have made this even worse, I think. That's that's how bad it, it was. It, it could got it could have gotten worse. Uh, the Heat actually really liked that Dwight Howard starting at center. They were feeling it. Uh, they were up 13 midway through the first, but then this thing changed when Anthony Davis went to the five. Dwight Howard went to the bench, and LeBron coincidentally went to the bench too. Uh, and Anthony Davis was just getting whatever the heck he wanted, absolutely everywhere on the floor, and it just started rolling from there. It, it, I, I think, yeah, the score. Definitely makes it seem a little bit closer, but it just seems like everything was going wrong for the Miami Heat. Uh, I think Anthony Davis is clearly the biggest problem, and the Miami Heat, they just can't treat this like the Boston Celtics where they switch everybody and they say, you know, this one guy's not going to dominate this matchup. These are two superstars, AD and LeBron, that have to have special codes, and I think Bam Adebayo is the only guy uh, on the Miami Heat that has any hope of Anthony Davis being slowed down by him. There's just no, there's nobody else to do it. So I think uh, the switching was too easy for the Miami Heat. You got to keep Bam on AD at all times. And there's some numbers. I think, you know, I won't bog us down with numbers, but later on, 
There's some positivity to be taken from this for the Miami. He got to keep it positive here with Bam, but you switch less easily. Bam's got to be on him, and the same with LeBron James. There just has to be a code. I think Eric Spolscher going into game two, got to treat it way differently the Celtics and say, uh, hey, Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, there's no way you guys can switch on to LeBron James. It's way too freaking easy because then the doubles are coming and then the three start raining down. And that was one thing I, I was making notes because I thought the threes would drop off for the Lakers. They started seven of 12. Okay, I'm going to keep that note because there's no way they're going to keep on going that high or that uh, that shooting that well from the three-point line. But then they finished the first half of 11 of 17. Oh. And to me, I don't know what you guys think, but I think the the Lakers, uh, they, just, they just want you to double LeBron. They want you to double AD, and that gives their role players confidence. I personally think you got to go single coverage on LeBron, even though he's going to dominate everybody. Uh, and that's going to put some pressure on Bam because he has to be on the floor for them to win. But you guys tell me, you think they, they should single or, or double LeBron? Is, is there any hope? I think I think that would actually give them a little bit of semblance to slow down those three-point shots that were just raining down because the superstars are going to be the superstars. They're going to get theirs. But if you add the threes, they're done. Yeah, I mean, if the Lakers hit this many threes, they're not they're not going to lose a game. We talked about it. They had to hit 30% of their threes, and they always win in the bubble, let alone hitting nearly 40%. And that cooled off as the game went on, and we got into garbage time. They were one of the worst teams at shooting the three-pointer entire, in this entire bubble run. I think they were the 21st out of the 22 teams down there in terms of uh, you know three-point efficiency. They only made like 34% in Disney. And they were on fire, like you said last night, Tass. Everybody. Like Danny Green, KCP, Caruso. I mean, AD hit a big one there. LeBron hit a bomb. You know, everybody catching fire from distance and the Heat will have no chance. But I think it is still the game plan if I'm trying to slow the Heat, or slow the Lakers, excuse me, if I'm the Heat. I take my chances in game two again to see if they can replicate it, honestly, um, and try and pack the paint as much as possible. But it can't be both. It can't be, yeah, like, exactly. it can't be guys killing you inside and then giving up all these uh, you know, uncontested three-point looks. Pick one or the other. I would pick trying to keep them you know, limited in the paint and their production down there and let them shoot away and see if they uh, you know, come back to the mean a little bit more and maybe you got a bit more of a game. That's my opinion. I don't know what you think, Trey. I think you're exactly right. You can't give up 15 threes and also let Anthony Davis dominate inside. So like Tass is saying, the switches were too easy, but really what is the solution for Davis? Uh, how are the Heat going to possibly do anything to slow him down? Because even Bam, it's a little bit like uh, the scene where they're brainstorming ideas and I think you should leave. Bam, too small. Kelly Olenek, stinky. Myers Leonard loves his mother-in-law. There's nobody you can throw out there to really guard Davis. He just looked like a different species of player out there. I mean, Bam is a huge guy, and Davis is towering over him and wider than him and thicker than him and maybe even faster than him. It was an impressive performance by Davis, but in the first half, the Lakers shot six of nine. Very nice. From three off passes from LeBron and Davis. So it's like you double team those guys, they kick it out, and the role players were hitting three last night. I still think you got to do whatever you can to take away inside just because, I don't know, because you got to hope that the Lakers get cold like they have before in the yeah. bubble. But um, I don't know. It was a perfect storm for the Lakers last night. They looked like the better team. They looked dominant, and, you know, it felt like this game was over two seconds into the third quarter after the Lakers really blew it open, and then suddenly this game took forever to start, and we were just waiting for it to end at the end. Uh, this was a blowout. How is it going to be better for the Heat? 
they got to figure something out. Um, there's no way you can guard Anthony Davis with Andre Iguodala or Solomon Hill. Like, it's not going to happen. That's uh, That was the problem. Lee, could things have honestly gone any worse for the Miami Heat in Game 1 of the NBA Finals? Because not only do they get punked, not only does AD kill them, LeBron does LeBron things, the, the, the Lakers role players can't miss threes. But then we have Dragic, of course, leaving this game. We don't even know if he's going to play in this series, let's be honest. He's got the plantar tear in his left foot. Woj says he's able to put pressure on it. Hasn't ruled out that he'll come back. Even if he comes back, you can't imagine the kid's going to be 100%, so that's tough. Bam leaves in the third quarter. He aggravates his left shoulder. Jimmy Butler rolls his left ankle in the second quarter. He remained in the game. I was actually shocked when it was a bit of a blowout that he continued to play. They're three best players. Turned it again later, too, Butler did. Uh, Yeah, yes, right, right. So, uh, again, I ask you, could, could it have gone worse no, no, and I guess that's a good thing for Miami in the sense that it can't be that bad in game two. But the real concern is Goran Dragic because if you saw when he did uh, actually have that injury happen to him, he looked behind him like a lot of guys do when they sort of blow their Achilles. They sort of look behind as if they got hit. And he sort of glanced behind and didn't see anyone there. So hopefully he can get back. I mean, you know, I, I think the Heat are obviously going to do everything they can to get him back, but he probably will be uh, not 100% if he does play at all here. So that's a huge loss for them because... Tyler Hero, he started off okay when he came out last night, but then he got overwhelmed in that second half. And Duncan Robinson and those guys, they just can't really fill in those minutes and that experience that Goran Dragic gives them. So that's a big, big blow there for Miami. And uh, yeah, I mean, because the, the, the Heat started this game actually really well on fire. Everyone was hitting shots. They were up big 13 points in that first quarter. And then all of a sudden, the Lakers uh, took the lead at the end of the first quarter. So they got <laughs> rid of that deficit pretty quickly. But it is the three-point shooting for me which is really, really uh, tough for the Heat because you mentioned it there, Skis, that Lakers hadn't been shooting it well, but then everyone was knocking them in last night. So then what do the Heat do? They go out and then Anthony Davis was just unstoppable inside. And and Mm. you saw when Bam was out and they went with Derek Jones and they went with Kelly Olenek and it was just like, you may as well throw Haslam out there at this point. You know, I mean, (laughs) like it really is because... They just, those guys, like Derek Jones Jr., I mean, he's a long, lanky guy, but he's got nowhere near the physicality to uh, to stay with Anthony Davis. Linux a little bit more physically, but athletically, he just can't get close. Davis no. wasn't challenged at all right. last night. And LeBron, I mean, Davis is getting all the credit this morning, and fair enough, but uh, LeBron, I thought last night, just, just controlled that game. And he was the one, the pace setter, who was like, all right, guys, after this, uh, after their hot start, you know, I'm going to control this game. We're gonna, I'm going to get you guys the ball. You're going to hit shots. And then we're just going to go on uh, and demolish the heat here. And you can see LeBron, the, the those losses in, in the finals before and the experience he has, he was not taking his foot off the gas at any point last night. Even when they're up 25, 30 points, he was still pushing that ball as hard as he could because he knows what can happen in the finals. Things can turn quickly and injuries can change series. He's been in that situation where he's had to carry teams and it's tough, but he also knows you cannot give your opponent any sort of life or any sort of hope. And I think that's what uh, he did in that second half there. Jimmy Butler started on LeBron, which was a little bit of surprise, and I think he probably is their best matchup, but you just wonder if he can keep that up and how much of a toll that will take on him on the offensive end if he has to do that the entire game. So lots of uh, questions here for the Heat, lots of uh, lots of bad things happen in that game, but it is only one game. It's just one game, but it feels like a Yeah, but hold on. If Dragic isn't playing in the rest of the series, Tass, if Bam is at, you know, 75%, even Jimmy for crying out loud, you know, an ankle is one of those things like you can sort of play through it at the time, but then you have a day or two and it swells up or it's more painful and stuff like that. That guy's a fighter, so I assume he plays in game two, but let's just focus on Dragic even, Tass. If there's no Dragic, the Heat have no chance of winning this series. Yes or no? 
Yeah, I think there's about 1% chance that, that okay. they have of winning this series. Jimmy Butler would have to be phenomenal. I think uh, Andre Iguodala would be the guy that they start instead of Goran Dragic uh, because they just can't rely on Tyler Hero plus Duncan Robinson out there uh, at all times for, for defensive purposes. Uh, they're going to find him. They're going to find one of those guys anyways, LeBron will, and uh, he's going to destroy one of those guys. I think Iguodala would be out there. And then there's a lot on Jimmy's shoulders uh, to create because then we're talking Jimmy, J- Dre, and Jay Crowder on the perimeter for the Miami Heat. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, it's it's something that, yeah, I mean – I don't want to be uh, too much of a Debbie Downer here after Game One, but that's it's 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 ginormous to have their your leading scorer be out yeah. of a series. It's just it's huge. Uh, they relied on him a lot, and it was great watching Jimmy Butler those first six minutes. He was phenomenal on the offensive end. This looked like a different Jimmy Butler than the first three rounds. If you watched him uh, in the first three rounds, he didn't want to take over offensively. But LeBron James was guarding Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler was giving it to him. Even when he didn't score, he was going right by him. I think LeBron was – that was his feel-out six minutes there. Uh, But I I don't think the Lakers want to have LeBron guard Jimmy. They'd rather be able to put him on Jay Crowder. Uh, But with the way they play two bigs, somebody else has got to guard Jay Crowder because it's – uh, they have Anthony Davis out there, and they have Dwight Howard out there. There's just there's nobody else for LeBron to guard. So right. Jimmy was giving it to him, and, and if Jimmy's out there doing that, then there's there's a little bit of hope. In, uh, but the, yeah, there's definitely not a lot. Uh, Bam Adebayo is even a bigger key to me, though. Uh, he he just has to be on the floor, and I think a positive you can take is from the first half, they got destroyed when Bam was sitting. Uh, This was a a half where they lost by 17 points. But somehow, when Bam was out there, they won by three points. And and so you look at that that half and you say, whoa, they got slapped around. When he was on the bench, they got slapped around by 20 points. How the heck did they win his minutes when when, when, when he was out there? But that's how important he is. He is the biggest body, even though he's shorter than Anthony Davis, uh, even though he's just he's not as uh, as wide. uh, It's. It's the only guy who can slow them down. So it's, it's again, a lot on his shoulders because I think you just got to find a way to keep him on him. No, no switching. It's got to be bam on Anthony Davis. And the pressure is on him. Now, aren't, aren't you going to get in foul trouble? It's, right. it's very likely. The reason why he went to the bench was because LeBron got a superstar call going into Bam towards the end of the first quarter there and drew his second foul. But Bam just has to be smarter. He's He's got so much on his shoulders because the best two players on this Lakers team are huge. And besides Bam, they're not that big. So there's just yeah. a lot on him. Yeah, it's a huge problem, though, for the Heat because, like you're saying, Tass, I agree. Bam's got to be on Anthony Davis for the majority of the game, and Jimmy's got to be on LeBron for the majority of the game. The Heat likes to play a switching style. How are you going to keep Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero out there? How are you going to completely remake your defense when you've been playing a switching and zone style for the entirety of the season, and now you're going to go play in straight-up one-on-one man like it's 2010 all over again? That's a tough thing to figure out in the finals, but uh, I kind of agree. They got to do it. Can Jay Crowder keep Dwight Howard off the boards? Is that an X factor in this series going forward? I don't really think so. It's more like the he or the Lakers have two X factors. How do you stop LeBron? How do you stop Anthony Davis? We'll see if they figure out a way, but not promising in game one. That's for sure. No, and like especially I would say the only real good minutes that happened in game one or like the little stretch like you guys were talking about. Yeah, a lot of the Heat guys were just hitting shots early, early on, but it was the Heat. They were targeting Dwight in like ball screen and handoff action and 
it was a lot of Dragic and Bam pick and roll. And they were that that's where all this stuff, all these looks were coming from. And now these are the two guys that are, you know, possibly out. I mean, who knows with Bam? I mean, I hope he plays in game two, but Dragic, I think it's a strong possibility that he doesn't. He's also a free agent. Like, he still has his career a little bit ahead of him here. So who knows if he gets a shot in the foot and you can sort of suck it up. But this sucks. I mean, it's a honestly pretty deflating uh, game one. I, I You hate to do the overreaction. I know we even have a game. It's just one game. But... But if there is no Dragic, there is just no way, I think. No way that the Heat win this series. He's that important. If you actually step back and think about it, Jimmy's incredible. We talk Jimmy all the time. Him and his big face coffee. And he was great. You're right, Tass. But this would be, if there's no Dragic and Bam is like obviously diminished, that's like taking basically LeBron and AD off the Lakers because it's a leading scorer in AD. And it's like the heart and soul of the team, the guy that does everything, uh, Bam playing the LeBron role. Or, you know, that that's... That's asking any... T- you're taking your two best players away. Again, Jimmy's in the mix there, of course. He, he's the closer and all that. I get that. But there, there's not a chance in the world that they win this series if Dragic doesn't play, in my opinion. No, I, I agree. Uh, they just don't have the depth to be able to cover him. Uh, he's so important. He's been so good for them in and, the and, bubble. And, and Lee, let me ask you, because Tass says he starts Iguodala if there is no Dragic. Do you do that? Or do you go to Kendrick Nunn, who, of course, started all season long and... and- had some success in the second half of garbage time last night like what would you do well uh, yeah i mean i like iguodala coming off the bench i think that's a better role for him but then again he can be a bit of a distributor on the offensive end and and he's a veteran he's been there so maybe he is a better option in this scenario uh because otherwise it's tyler hero and and again hero was okay i thought but then he kind of got overwhelmed in the second half and they can just go at him you know, LeBron, KCP, LeBron uh, was literally picking yeah, yeah, him apart. But, but the first couple of possessions, Hero didn't do bad defensively on him. The, the first we gotta few. throw we gotta throw out the first quarter period. Like people yeah. are talking up this Miami Heat twenty three to ten run. Have you never watched a basketball yeah. game before? Yeah. Teams go on runs at the beginning of a game. True. Yeah, but uh, you know, so that's the thing. Offensively, Hero's much better for them because he can at least hit some shots. And Iguodala, I just don't. You know, we saw him do it in Game uh, Six against the Celtics. But yeah, for Eric Spolstra, he's going to have to play Hero at some point, and uh, and he's going to have to has to play Iguodala at some point. So you you want to start with a veteran? I think I think you probably do in this scenario. I, I don't know. It, it's a tough one because they both have their weaknesses. Um, but yeah, if, if, if the thing is, it's more just the sort of it's just deflating for the series, knowing that that Dragic is probably out because you just want to see play uh, you know both teams at full strength, and then you're going to get a fair a fairer idea of uh, of what the Heat can do against Miami because this second half it was it was well and truly over at the start oh. of the second half there was no realistic hope that the Heat were going to come back into this game like I said LeBron he doesn't care obviously about the opposition he's been on the other end of this where he's had players injured he knows a championship is all that counts at the end of the day and so he doesn't he's not like oh well you know what we'll go easy on these guys he wants to crush them in four games if he can are you saying know. LeBron is not going to be a Bart Taylor in the hell track race of Rad and <laughs> no stop the he's, bike he's and wait absolutely for no. not he, he wants if he sweeps this he'll be more than happy he won't care what the other team has on uh, can put on the floor so but that's fine that's the way it goes too that's that's the way it happens in the NBA and in any sport you play whoever whoever your opponent can put out on the floor. Um, but again, even if they were at full strength, I think we the Lakers win that game last night because everything was looking so good defensively. I think they really locked in as well after that a sudden burst there from the Heat. So uh, you know they were ready to go. They they were ready to go and uh, and and they deserved that victory last night. Yeah, here is good news for the Heat fans. They fell to one and five in Game One of title series. But all three of their championships came after they dropped game one. So right. maybe that's good news. Though, this is a weird spot for LeBron because he usually drops game one yeah. mm. of the NBA Finals. Um, I think he was one 
and eight coming into this one. So now he's two and eight in game ones of the NBA Finals. He's usually behind. Mm. So Feel he, out game from the Heat. Unfortunately, right. <laughs> they don't have LeBron on their team to fall back no. on to pull no. off the LeBron sweep. LeBron's game was hilarious to me last night. Um, he did control the game. He had a solid game. He almost ended up with a triple-double. He was stat-padding so hard <laughs> in the fourth quarter, saying, oh, man, Anthony Davis is taking home this finals MVP. This guy is dominating out there. He looks like the best player. I better start trying to do something better. He was whipping passes to the corner. Danny Green had a wide-open three he missed. LeBron's all mad. Come on, man, <laughs> give me that assist. He obviously ended up one assist shy of yeah. a triple-double. Uh, LeBron, he's he's always aware, man. He always knows the narrative. And yeah, LeBron, th the numbers looked fine. I didn't feel like he totally put his stamp on the game. He can still be better too, but it was just hilarious watching LeBron uh, realize, you know, he had a nice game going into the fourth quarter. He had something like, I don't know, 17 points, 12 rebounds, and seven assists, you know. Great game, great number for anybody that's not LeBron. So he said, I, I better add a couple of points here. And then you look at all the recaps in the morning, and suddenly LeBron's name is higher than Anthony Davis. Yeah. Oh, look at LeBron showing up. Not a coincidence. Well done by LeBron. He knows. He knows. He knows the game is over. We're up by 30. For yeah. some reason, he's still playing late until the fourth quarter. Are you kidding me? Come on, buddy. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky action there. I'm with you on that, Trey. I noticed that as well. He's uh, he's like, hey, what's going on? He's going to have a word, I'll tell you that, with Markeith Morris if you saw what he said after the game. Because he said, you know, I know we've got LeBron, but I think AD might be the best player in the world. <laughs> LeBron is pulling Markeith Morris aside to have a word after that comment with the finals MVP on the line, Taz. That, that yeah. is definitely happening. Well, LeBron made that pass to Danny Green in the corner when this game was well over, and Danny Green missed that shot, and LeBron was pissed because he wanted that triple-double when Danny Green missed that shot. He was very angry uh, that he didn't get a, his 10th assist. Yeah, he's, he's well aware that Anthony Davis is the most important player in this series because of who they're playing, because of the, the size advantage that they have uh, on the front line. AD is he's going to be the most important player. I think the shorter this series goes, the more AD's importance is highlighted. The more likely he's going to have a finals MVP, the more likely it's sort of like a Are you a saying Tony... LeBron's going to throw some game uh, chairs? Is that what hey, you're saying? Yeah, well, that would help him. It would definitely help him. It, it, this would be like a Tony Parker 2007 situation. The shorter it is, the guy who who uh, hmm. you know who kind of peaks real early, he's going to yeah. be the story. But Bron tried to jam his way in there for sure. He's well aware uh, how this finals MVP things go. But this, he is he's he's the timing master. Uh, in March, when he started to turn it on, uh, right before the pandemic hit, he knew he had to write his own story to be the the MVP. Game five there in the Western Conference Final, that's when he had his best game. He he doesn't want to go hard every single possession of every single game, but he just knows how to write the narrative. He loves the narrative. He is the narrative. Is. That's I, him. I can't wait to see him finish second in finals MVP voting to go with his second in NBA uh, season, regular season voting as well. Like, Because there's only, I think, about, oh, I think it may be seven people who vote. So uh, imagine, imagine he gets like only two out of the seven first place MVP finals vote. Oh, two out of seven, huh? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What will, let, let's pretend Dragic plays, Bam plays, Jimmy plays in game two on Friday night. What adjustments can Spolstra do, uh, Trey? Like, will we see more zone? Because we didn't see a lot of zone. I mean, we're talking about packing the paint. Obviously, like, maybe you still give up the three-pointers to Lakers and see if they miss some on game two. Like, what's the move? <laughs> I mean, if there is one. Try everything. Um, and I think, 
I think we're going to see less switching. You know, I think that we will see yeah. a little bit less switching uh, to start. But the problem was when they went to zone, it was Anthony Davis, and he was going up against the guy in the middle of the zone was like Jay Crowder. Like, yeah. what is that possibly? How's that possibly going to work? Yeah, maybe they try zone a little bit more when Bam's able to stay on the floor if he's able to play. Uh, I assume he will play in game two, yeah. but um. They're going to have to try a little bit of zone. You know, they got, they've tried like maybe four possessions of zone. Not very much. They got a bad shot out of Davis at one point. It was like an 18 footer from the wing. We're just kind of like, okay, I guess I'll shoot it here. Maybe they can confuse them a little bit more. And if the Lakers aren't hot from three, then the zone always is going to look a little bit better. So I think we'll see a little bit more of that and a little bit less switching, which are, you know, maybe not the go-to defenses for Miami, but they got to try something because Davis is just such a, matchup problem and then you even see it with LeBron too when he's getting inside and rebounding and he looks like the biggest guy on the court sometimes still so yeah pack the paint and hope Kuzma and Rondo and Caruso brick it up I will say I Kuzma impressed me last night and I know he's like he would be like sixth or seventh on uh, the Lakers performances from game one I'm sure because you know I, I don't even have my box score in front of me but like I'm sure he didn't light it up but there were two plays in particular that I was like damn Kuz okay that's what they're looking for from you Late in the first quarter, about four minutes to go, they doubled AD on the block, right? He moved it to Kuzma up top. Kuzma could have shot a three, there's no doubt. I mean, he had enough room. Instead, he drove into the paint, as we always talk about, you know, there's there's seams there uh, against the Heat, and he kicked to KCP for a corner three. Like, nice, quick move, great pass on the money, and KCP knocked that one down. That's when sort of the that little comeback was starting there. Yeah. And then near the end of the second quarter, Kuzma had another little drive into the paint. It sort of he dropped like a little Euro-like step there, and he dimed it up to AD, cut, you know, like right around the, the dunker spot there. Kuzma's doing those little things, and, and they got contributions from everyone, don't get me wrong, but I, I was impressed with a couple Kuzma plays. Uh, you know, again, didn't light up the box score by any means, but things like that, That's you get you're, you were taking things where he would maybe shoot those normally, a fine look, an okay look, but he's getting the better looks because he's actually putting the ball on the ground a little bit and uh, driving into the into the teeth of the defense. He, he impressed me, as did a lot of those guys, though, like Tass. I mean, I know KCP was your sort of guy to watch X-Factor, and he was... He was fantastic for them. Yeah. And Caruso did his thing. Green did his thing. I mean, all these guys for the most part. Uh, Horton Tucker was cheering so well off the bench. Uh, uh, Quinn Cook was was great in his garbage time. I mean, you can, they have, they were perfect last yeah, night. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the thing for me is that you go single coverage on, on the big guys uh, to try and take away the confidence that LeBron instills in all these role players. It, it, just, it trickles down. Uh, and, and so I think that's... That's a big switch that you got to make. Contavious Caldwell Pope, that's a lot of syllables to say. And so that's why uh, Frank Vogel calls him Kenny. I was, I was surprised. I was shocked. <laughs> uh, you know, AD, AD with Rachel Nichols after the game said, Contavious saved our game with a couple big threes. He kind of turned around the first <laughs> he did, quarter. He did. He did. He, he helped. He helped. Yeah. I mean, they're going to win without the game. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was a little much, a little much from him. But well, just, back just, to back threes there when they yes. were, you know, down a decent amount. Like Trey said, it's an NBA game. You get down like that all the time, but he started the, he started, he started the there. Yeah, Kenny started sure. it. What about, <laughs> how about Kenny? Kenny? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that shocking that he called him Kenny? Yeah, uh, Kentavious is a lot of syllables. I know you like counting syllables, Lee. How many syllables are there in <laughs> Kentavious? Ooh, Kentavious. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought you would have gone with that. I thought you would have gone with Kentavious. That'll do. He has been good for them uh, at times in the playoffs, uh, you know, because defensively they need him. And he's the sort of guy who 
has been uh, someone who Lakers fans have just despised over the years because he comes sometimes just he's an awful shooter and he gets lost on defense, but he definitely has grown into that role and become important for them. So, uh, yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, those threes, like Kuzma only hit that one shot, Phil, was a tough three in the corner, but he right. he was doing other things. I agree he with was. what you're saying there. He grabbed eight rebounds, you know. And he yeah. was trying to. He was trying Thanks to find. Thanks for calling me Phil too. Let's get one. I love it. <laughs> he was trying to find uh, <laughs> KC Phil. Uh, he was trying to find a better, a better shot. But uh, you know, again, the, the Lakers were just. Uh, they they definitely looked like they were in sync last night. Where it was like everyone came out, knew exactly what they were supposed to do. Keep that ball moving. Keep finding a, a better shot if you can. Uh, but but it, it, everything look so much better when everybody's contributing and knocking down threes. I, I think everybody who played, maybe not Dwight, of course, but everyone else hit a three-pointer, I think, for the Lakers. So that just shows you sort of just how good the distribution was that, you know, LeBron and AD, of course, took the most shots, but these other guys were just chipping in. And that, that those are just backbreakers for the Heat because it's kind of like if AD and, and LeBron combine for, say, 70 points, it's like, okay, will they get another 30 points out of these guys? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Maybe mm-hmm. that's something the Heat have to focus on, you know. <laughs> but it, you, you never you never want to have an approach, let these two guys go off. Sometimes you're like, let one guy go for yeah. 35 or 40, but not two guys. Uh, so, yeah, the Heat, I mean, yeah, it's it, it, like I say, this one was just one game, but it just feels more than that. It feels uh, it feels worse, especially if these injuries yeah. are as bad as, we, uh, as, as they might be. I mean, Bam sounds like... He's a yeah, maybe okay, but Dragic, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if we'll see him at all. Hey, and let's be honest, even if all these three of these guys play, I mean, these are the type of injuries that are very easily re-aggravated oh, in yeah. the game. I mean, you yeah. know, of course, you know, the feet and ankles and shoulders and stuff. I mean, all the jostling that's going on. Like, I, I'm, I would actually bet on all three of them trying to go in, in game two. And uh, yes. but that's not to say that one or two of them unfortunately doesn't have to leave um, because of the physical play. And we're talking about like. The Heat trying to figure out how to slow the Lakers, and and no doubt that's a storyline. And what do you do? Do you just give up the threes? Do you try and take away AD? Do you double them? Do you not? What do you do with LeBron? But then on the other end, too, I was not all that impressed. Again, outside of those like early minutes with some Dragic and Bam pick and roll action, when Dwight was involved, I didn't see a whole lot where I was like, oh, the Heat are going to you know have some success here scoring on this unbelievable Lakers defense, because that's the whole other part. I'm just like not even sure they're going to be able to score enough, even if they can slow down. LA offensively. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Well, yeah, the Lakers can make an adjustment too. <laughs> they can take Dwight off the yeah, floor right. and they can go Anthony Davis at the five. And that's when they start running uh, and, and they can start jamming it down uh, the Heat's throat. And LeBron also benefits from that big time because he can guard Jay Crowder if, if they they size up. And it's not really a problem with this Heat team. So there's, yeah, I think the, it's crazy to think that a team that blows out the other can make an adjustment. But it, at some point, I think you just unleash AD uh, for a couple of games just to have some fun here because uh, it just seems like they're having fun on the Lakers side. There's, Yeah, I, I agree. The Heat have so many adjustments to make and, and the Lakers can play better too. LeBron can play better too. Uh, yeah. So it's scary. Very scary. Yeah, but task too. LeBron is going to tell Vogel no, you got to keep starting Dwight. We can't start with AD at the five because he, again, he's thinking big picture. He needs the finals MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, AD has forty easily if he starts that game, probably at the five. Uh, well, so. LeBron, LeBron looked bad guarding Jimmy Butler the first six minutes. I know it's just the first six minutes, but he was giving it to him. And, and if they play Dwight at the five, he's got he, he can't guard anybody. Yeah, no. uh, like you, you, are you going to put him on Duncan Robinson? He's going to probably make him look bad to hustle around screens. Uh, 
and you can put him on on Jay Crowder, but then Anthony Davis is kind of SOL putting him on Jimmy Butler. It's just it's they're weird matchups. Uh, so I think Braun may prefer to get Dwight off the floor because that's when that's when the it spaces it, it's a wide open space and LeBron can just truck it uh, what, to the rim. What did everybody think of the Crowder LeBron moment there, <laughs> where uh, you know they had fallen to the ground, there was some jockeying for the ball, maybe some uh, extra physical play from Crowder, and then back on the other end, uh, you know, Crowder did the classic uh, after the whistle's blown, sort of like, give me the ball type of move, (laughs) and I always loved that. Uh, One of my favorite things in the NBA. AD just standing there in between, looking at both of them. That was very funny. Looked like Lee Ellis, arms straight down. (laughs) Yeah, but LeBron super pumped, like with AD sort of coming to his defense. Yeah, like the slapping on the chest, or like, I don't know, what was LeBron saying? Like, we're in their head, you know. I I don't know what the that was all about, except maybe just getting AD fired yeah. up even more. But what do you think, Lee? Well, Crowder definitely tried to pin him on that yeah. sort of loose ball scramble there, and um, like for a second there, LeBron kind of seemed to sort of pinch at his shoulder, grab at his shoulder. And remember when Kelly Kelly Olynyk did that to Kevin Love and it popped it out. I mean, that, that you don't want to see anything like that happen, uh, of course. But uh, Crowder's a big, strong guy, and look, they used to be teammates, and I actually thought Crowder would be a good LeBron teammate. You know, he's sort of tough guy. He's out there. He can he can play the sort of role that he needs on a LeBron team. But I think there was a little bit of friction there between them last night. I'm not really oh, sure. Definitely, I'm yeah. not sure sort of where that came from, other than just it's the finals and they're both teams are trying to win and they're competitive. But uh, yeah, Crowder, uh, you know, he's he's a sort of guy who's not going to back away. I mean, why would he? You know, he's going to stand his ground there. But uh, yeah, just don't want to see guys, you know, risk maybe injuring a guy in a situation like that. Because imagine he did. Imagine he popped LeBron's shoulder out and LeBron was done for the series. I mean. Crowder would just be a villain for the rest of his career, you know? I mean, he really would. He helped their chances to win a finals, though. I know. Every time Kelly Olenek checks in, I'm like, get Anthony Davis out, man. Yeah. <laughs> get him out immediately. Yeah. This is dangerous. Yeah, it's not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, I have one more sort of note to add, because I've heard some of the podcasts this morning, read some things. I completely reject this notion of, like, some of the Heat young guys were scared of the NBA Finals game one moment. What the f*** are we talking about? (laughs) They've been in this exact same arena because there's a little more paint on the floor. They're suddenly scared. It's got nothing at all, in my opinion, to do with that at all because this is a weird season and there's this weird, you know, neutral environment. There's There's nothing like that. Again, maybe you guys disagree with me, they just got their ass handed to them from the Lakers, who are a damn good team. Uh, and then, of course, the injuries that were piling up throughout this game. But, like, I don't think Hero was shook because it was the NBA Finals because there was a cellist, uh, you know, <laughs> playing before. The, whoa, whoa, this is serious here. Like, there was nothing different is class. my point. No, but they, Absolutely didn't, get, they, different. they didn't get very many uh, open or easy looks. I mean, that's one thing about it that was different. That The Lakers were like... Yeah, that's the yeah, Lakers. That's not yeah, to do with game, a, game no. one aura of the finals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that was the thing. It was like, you know, the, some of those shots they might have gotten in earlier rounds sure. where it's like they're open. Uh, there was none of that. I mean, Tyler Hero, the one three hit was from the side and he got it off the backboard. To right. Go in the, right. <laughs> incredible. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, game one, you know, the, there's no free baskets. There's no easy looks out there. And uh, that's something now that they've gotten that game out of their system because we know both of these guys have got pretty long, deep range. They can get hot too. The Heat obviously need that now going forward. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's like, okay, now yeah. we understand that if you're going to get a shot off, it's going to come under a lot of pressure. But try to get to your spots and try to get them off if you can. Mm-hmm. Anything else to add to uh, about this game, guys? Game one of the finals? 
<sighs> nice to get a long look at Solomon Hill, man. Solomon <laughs> Hill. That was uh, it's just fun seeing Solomon Hill out there. That's all it is. You know, I don't know why he's playing so much right now. I guess he's pretty strong. He looks like he's uh, got some girth to him. It ain't working him guarding Davis, but uh, you're guaranteed to get some text messages when uh, Solomon <laughs> checks sure. in. People are loving it. It's a full moon tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it looks like he wasn't expecting to be playing either in the playoffs. He just sort of has turned up and they're like, hey, go out and give us 15 minutes, can you? Well, you Me? joked about Haslam playing, Lee. Yeah. I still wonder, and I was sort of joking when I said it when we were doing our preview, but Myers Leonard might be dusted off here and, you know, told to take off the uh, military boots and put on sneakers and, yeah. uh, you know, put put away the shotgunning of the beer for a second and might play. I mean, just because he's big. Yeah. Uh, and if you go zone, you know, you know, can at least stick him in there and maybe he deters yeah. some things. He's, he's just a little bit bigger and more athletic than Kelly Olynyk. So defensively, I think he's better than right. Olynyk. Olenek, we know he can hit a three-pointer, right. but he's not really giving them anything on that end at the moment. And Derek Jones, I mean, he, he you know, again, he's athletic, but that's about it. Like Derek Jones Jr. is fine, I think, again, when they're in the zone. Well, he's in the, the zone, top of he's the okay, zone. yeah. He's yeah. lengthy, he tries hard, but yeah. He's, yeah. When he's matched up one-on-one against these guys, but, but, he's uh, too yeah. skinny. It, it's, there's not really one of them that really sort of is, is, is a convincing argument over the other. It's kind no. of like you just have to hope one of them has a solid game or some solid minutes out there. But that's or really... Alonzo morning down. Come yeah. down, yeah. bud. Yeah. We need yeah. you. Right, right, right. Or yeah. like Tass and Trey were really saying, Bam's got to basically play like 44 minutes and somehow stay out of foul trouble yeah. and, uh, you know, try and neutralize AD as much as possible. Because AD even talked about heading into this series. He was like, I think whoever wins the matchup between me and Bam, you know, helps the chances of that team winning the NBA Finals. I love AD and LeBron, like, really trying to spin the narrative here for their Finals MVP. <laughs> I'm all for this. Maybe that's the Heat's best chance. Try and just, like, work them up into a lather over their individual awards, right? That they turn on each other within Divide this Divide and game. conquer. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Anything else to add, Tass? Game one? No. Yeah. No, sir. Just throw it out. And uh, hopefully game two is a, a little bit closer. And hopefully some of these Heat players, of course, playing it. Uh, let's take a quick break to keep the lights on here. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All of you guys had the heat winning the NBA Finals. And I just saw the updated <laughs> lines on that. If you want to lay more coin, plus 1,000 now on the heat to continue on to still win the finals. If you uh if you're still feeling confident after that game one there, Lee, ooh, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. Seeing some money bags in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. That's the thing, like yeah, you know, I was talking to a friend last night. I said I really talked myself into the Heat being able to win this series. You know, the Lakers deserve to be favoritism. I just wanted to see game one to sort of 
really give you hope that maybe you could they could pull this off and uh the opposite happened yeah basically yeah, unfortunately yeah. unfortunately but yeah. hey look game two i mean what would it matter if they had if they had won game one the heat did and then got blown out in game two you're still feeling good right right so now they get blown out in game one if they win game two then you're back on you know, track you still got a series so yeah track. i mean we yeah. just really need a, a but even, competitive close game two. Yeah. there were a couple of close-ups on eric spolstra last night and i was like oh man even he seems to be like jesus like they, they, and, and mike mike breen said this is an avalanche right now and it just it felt like that it just felt like the, the the Lakers just got down the other end and just scored for about 20 possessions in a row Yeah, while the Heat sort of really struggled to even get a decent look. So, yeah. But, hey, crazy things are happening. Remember 2016, the, the, the Cavs, I think, lost game two by 30 points, I think it was. I was in Oakland for that game. And I remember on the flight home thinking like, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. Like, they're going to get swept. And what happened? What happened? Crazy. Crazy. Crazy stuff. So. Turns out, though, the Lakers were not afraid of their crazy cousin who's a carney from sarnia in the end at least in game one uh let's get to the up down report preparing your tubies it's the up down report yeah a little up down report here for you guys sticking with the nba finals it's a simple one we'll throw the photo up are you up or down on the 2020 NBA Finals court design? You see the uh, blue and the red at each end. You got the huge logo there. What do you think, Trey? Thumbs up or thumbs down on this court design? Uh, it's got to be a thumbs down for me, unfortunately. I don't know why they did end zones. It's such a weird thing to paint just the baselines of this. I do like seeing uh, the Larry O'Brien logo, but we're only kind of getting half of it. And for some reason, they're red and blue. Makes no sense. Why didn't they just go, like, really play up the fact that we're going for basketball's championship here and go gold everywhere? Like, mm, the yeah. goal, I mean, maybe it's a little bit too Lakers to go gold, but... Ah, uh, true. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't feeling the end zones, and you said it, Skeets. That logo <laughs> at half court is a giant. Oh, we're it's We're lucky huge. that there's no Curry or Lillard in this finals because... That's too easy of a logo shot to make it from there. And, you know, you saw it a ton on Twitter last night. Everybody wants to see the cursive logo come yeah. back. Where is it? Somebody unearthed that thing. Why mm. Why are we... Why did they go away from the beautiful NBA Finals cursive logo? I don't know. This is garbage. I hate the 2020 like that way, you know. We've seen this variation for a couple of years now, so I won't get too angry, but... I don't like it. And you're right. I'm glad you said that there, Trey. We better not hear like a Tyler Hero from the logo. Like, <laughs> so he was a foot back from the three-point line. Wow. I mean, it's so big. But, yeah, I'm down as well. Tass, what do you think? Well, I like that they're taking risks. Um, I don't mind the end zones as much as I mind the center court logo. It's just okay. it's too large. And to have a presenting sponsor presented by YouTube TV at the center court, I don't like it. But at the same time, I kind of like it because I'm hearing all this, oh, nobody watches the NBA anymore, reading <laughs> reading all these articles from our colleague Ethan Sherwood-Strauss about, <laughs> hey, hey, media, basketball sucks, nobody's watching it. Well, the NBA knows the online game, Ethan. So you see that presented by YouTube TV, they know where they're going. I'm not sure how much money that brings in in the next CBA, how much that's factored in. Are we changing from linear to online are the ad dollars going that way listen i'm not in the negotiations i don't know but i do know ethan you see that presenting sponsor it's clear the nba knows it's online uh, status and how to make that happen since the season restart on july 30th nba social channels have generated more than 5.3 billion video views 
It sounds like a lot. More than 3 million followers have been added across NBA social media accounts since July 1st. Also sounds like a lot. The NBA Finals will reach fans in 215 countries and territories in 48 languages. If you have online service, the NBA is getting to you. So I think that's that's the key for me is that the NBA knows its brand, knows where it's going. And even in that pregame conference uh, that Adam Silver had, he kind of does one before every finals. And this one, obviously, a lot different uh, being in the bubble, he said, frankly, people don't watch sports during the summer. And then that and that really has hurt uh, the ratings. Uh, that's a big part of it. But he also said, you know, a bunch of other stuff about CBA and hopefully we can come to negotiations. But they've lost money uh, because, frankly, not as many people are watching uh, and because obviously there's no fans in the stands. Uh, but I just wanted to go on a rant about that. The logo's <laughs> too big at midcourt. That's all I'm going to say. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, Hulu has live sports. That's who I watch it through too, Hulu. So uh, wow. you want to give me a freebie? Fair enough. Why not? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, why, it's why way not? too big. <laughs> why not? It, it's way too big, the logo. It's just way too big. And it, sort of, it, it just sort of looks too uh, generic, you know? Like you want to see like the Lakers logo and a Heat logo out there because those are the two teams we're seeing. So, uh, you know, well, know they did put the Lakers virtual logo. on. Right. Right. But I mean, on the court, court. you want to you want to you know, you, you talk about that cursive one, uh, the final thing. Yeah, want to see that. But you just want to see the two teams. You want to see it on the court all the time for it down there. Uh, but what I would do now, I know YouTube pay big bucks, right, uh, to have it on the center court. But they should have just said, listen, listen, there's so much going on. Let's just put it uh, below, like on the on the outside of the court, because it's still going to be on the on, uh, you know center on the TV. Let's just put it there. It's just we don't need so much going on on the right, court, right, you know. Right. Okay. And what do you think about the end zones? No, I don't love them either. Red and blue, no, no. I mean, make yeah. one Heat, one Lakers again. Do something like that. Uh, red and blue, and yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear from everybody out there. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the uh, 2020 NBA Finals court design that we saw there in Game One. Next one. LeBron told the media this week that the bubble has been, quote, probably the most challenging thing I've ever done as far as a professional, as far as committing to something and actually making it through, end quote. So I'm going to ask this right away here, Lee. Are you up or down on LeBron calling the bubble the most challenging thing really he's ever done in his NBA career? What do you think? I'm definitely up on this. I I think this would have been an enormous, uh, not just physical, but mental and emotional challenge to be down in that environment for as long as they've been away, largely away from their family and friends as well for it and still being able to focus on what they've been able to do. Because, you know, traveling for, for work is fun. If you go for a week or two, you know, you can go away and have some fun, but then you want to go back and you see your family. Right. And in, in a similar situation, I guess, the Olympics or the World Championships where they go for maybe two or three weeks at a time, but there's no sort of restrictions. You can still go out and enjoy the town and the city and things like that. Whereas down here, because of the coronavirus, they've been largely confined to basically the arena's and the hotel rooms, which is just, uh, you know, that, that would just take an enormous toll on you. So uh, I, I do I do think that this is uh, something that the Lakers and, and Adam Silver kind of addressed this in his press conference yesterday about the mental health issue as well of being in that situation. And that's why they don't really want to go into a bubble environment again. It's work now, uh, but uh, it's not it's just not ideal being separated away from your family and, and your friends for that long. So right. I, I think uh, everyone who's down there has done an incredible job. And, uh, you know, yes, I, I can't imagine there's a similar situation in life where you go through like that, where you're still expected to perform at the highest level. So uh, credit to LeBron, to everybody who's been down there uh, for this incredible, this this amount of time and, and still, you know, somewhat sane because it's tough enough for us, 
in this environment as well when we're around our friends and we're confined to our homes. You know, we're around the people we love the most. And even that sort of, you know, is, is starting to uh, get on people's nerves because you're just sort of feeling uh, restricted into what you can do. So to be in that situation with not your family must be incredibly tough. Well said, well said. Does anybody disagree? I guess like, I guess you could look at this. I, I, I really like all of what you wrote down there, Lee, but could you step back and go, is LeBron sort of, we talked about LeBron in the narrative. Is LeBron doing a classic <laughs> like, hey, this championship right here, Hey, MJ, you didn't have to go to a bubble for four to five months and come out, you know, victorious on the other end. Again, maybe I'm projecting, but is it at all LeBron doing something here, Trey? Let's go to you. What do you think? Uh, He's laying the groundwork, man, just like he always does. You know, he pulls off an actually impossible feat. The guy beat a 73-9 and team after being down 3-1, gets in a cab with Kevin Durant. He says, you know, when I won that championship, I knew I was the GOAT. And people are like, you did? You did? You're saying you're the GOAT. I don't know about that. This, to me, is a little bit more groundwork laying. Lee broke it down exactly. The mental health portion of this does make it impossible. We've heard Paul George say it. We've heard LeBron say similar things throughout the bubble, how hard it's been for him. Uh, But from a basketball standpoint, I will take the Warriors' comeback over beating the Heat. But maybe, maybe LeBron will uh, let the Heat get a few games here, (laughs) right? To make it look a little more impressive. Well, no. Tass, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down on this one? Yeah, I'll I'll go thumbs up. Uh, The reason why I think it's a a thumbs up that it's been the most challenging thing is because LeBron usually goes dark on social media throughout the playoffs, but he's had to keep uh, access to his phone and social media, he said, because he wanted to be in communications with his family. Uh, Otherwise, he would go dark. So uh, this just proves that social media is hard on the body. Get off your phone. It's hard on the body. (laughs) It's hard on the mind. And so that's what's that's what's made it tough for him. I think he was able to go dark and be with his family and every other postseason uh, in real life IRL. Oh, there's a family around me. That's all I need. But now he's got to be looking and flicking on uh, on Instagram and all that. It's not good for the brains. Get off your phones. It is wild. It probably. Like, I don't know, I just put myself in their shoes. When this whole Disney World bubble campus environment is pitched, you're probably like, oh, yeah, we could do that. Like, I, yeah, okay. Right, okay, so what? We're going from the hotel to the games and everything's safe and, you know, there's no one coming in from the outside and all that. I just think you, like, automatically go, oh, yeah, I could do that for a month or so. Whatever. Like, you, it's tough to then think, wow, could I really do it for four months or five months, whatever the guys, these guys are at. It's just one of those weird things where I think for a little bit, yeah, okay, this isn't that bad, but my God, they've been there a long time, I guess is what I'm getting at here. Wasn't um, this the original pitch for the no season required tour, basically? you and Yeah, and- <laughs> that Tass and I were going to live basically Big Brother style in like a house on a, on a very busy corner in Toronto, glass house at that, and people could just gawk at us like we were hamsters, and we would go in uh, until, yeah, they resolved... Uh, you know, the returning to action. Yeah, this was sort of it. Yeah. <laughs> we would have killed yeah. each other. Who would have survived? Tasserai. I mean, one of us would have oh. killed the, each other and ate the body, I think. Yeah, we, we didn't have there. we didn't have the ability to go fishing every five minutes no. and, also, and also go golfing like the Lakers did a couple days ago. So right. they are being treated well in there. Let's let's yeah, be yeah, clear yeah. about that. Not we wouldn't be in a fi- They're not in a fishbowl. Uh, <laughs> they're by a fishing lake, a fake lake. But uh, <laughs> they're all catching the same fish. 
Yeah, uh, I think I think we the haven't number... seen much fishing lately. That's no. a little disappointing. That, the fall transition, that bubble life stuff. Uh, really like, oh man, we got to go play basketball now. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there was a number. I, I, I don't have it handy, but I think that there was 540 fishing trips booked uh, in the last three months or whatever <laughs> nice. it is. Oh, okay. Great. Now you know people went fishing a lot. Got a couple more here. Yesterday, NBA Twitter was a buzz with speculation that Raptor center Marc Gasol was headed home to Spain and signing with S- FSB Barcelona sort of to end his professional basketball career. Now, this may have been um, contradicted, I guess. It's a little unclear what's going on still. So we don't know if it's official, official. Mark's going back. Though, you know, a lot of the Raptors beat reporters are saying, this is probably happening, but maybe the news leaked a little early. Who knows? But up or down, I'll ask it like this. Up or down on Marcus Gasol potentially finishing his career in Barcelona and leaving the NBA tasks uh, for, for his twilight years here. What do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, go do it. Definitely yeah. go do it. But I am down on this part of it. So there's the rumor that he's going to FC Bar- Barcelona there, the, yep. the big club that everybody talks about in, in Spain that everybody plays for. And, and he played for it. I'm not mistaken, uh, before he came over. Uh, But at the same time, I want to see him finish with the club that he started, a team that was called Girona Mark Gasol for a year before they changed (laughs) it to Basket Girona. Go shoot 48 times a game. Go be the player coach. Have some fun while you go down here. I think if he does go back and plays for Barcelona, maybe a year, but then go play for your team, which isn't actually far from Barcelona. It's just a little bit north. But yeah, of course, go tend to your garden that you love uh, and go hang out in Barcelona. Have a great time. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a good life, Lee. What do you, I assume oh, your thumbs shit. up. Oh my God. Yeah, it'd be great to go and live in Barcelona and play basketball for a living. Yeah, why wouldn't you do it? He's <laughs> He's, he's going to the Hall of Fame, I think, Marcus. Oh, I think he's done enough to get in wow. there. Uh, he's wow. won a championship there with the Raptors. It was great to see him do that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think the way things ended for him here, it's like, uh, I mean, he would still get a contract in the NBA. Of, of course. course he would. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like he's kind of done what he needs to do in the NBA now. If he can go back to his home country and uh, play basketball out there and have some fun, why not? Why not go and do that? I, if, yeah, I'll, I'd be more than happy to go and cover him for a couple of years out in Barcelona. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, maybe Hulu will pay for that trip. For uh, what do you think, Trey? Uh, it's a bummer, man. We're going to be losing Mark and Pau in the same year. We're going to have no Gasols. You know, Pau yeah. is officially, or at least contemplating retirement. I guess he was signed to the Portland Trailblazers last year. Do people remember Pau Gasol playing on the Milwaukee Bucks last season? <laughs> Certainly not, but apparently it happened, but... You know, we saw him last night at the Lakers game, sitting there wearing the Kobe jersey. Very nice. But uh, it's going to be weird to have no Gasols. They've been around for a while. They've been great characters to have. They've been, you know, mainstays in the playoffs, guys, that we've expected a lot. They were great on our show back in 2015, helping us move the chairs around. But uh, <laughs> I don't think it'll be the last time we see the Gasols. Just uh, I guess we probably won't see him on the court again. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you're going to go live in Barcelona and play basketball back in your home country... You're living the life. Ah, Barcelona. It's beautiful. Where's Adria Gasol, the third brother? Yeah, Adria, where are you at? Uh, he played he got his own team, CB Adria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 2019, Gasol became just the second player to win an NBA title and a FIBA World Gold Medal in the same year. Um, first uh, non-American to do that, of course. And William Liu, he tweeted this out. I 100% agree with it. It's always going to hurt as a Raptors fan task to lose like any piece of a... 2019 championship team like any player that really leaves they're they're all like 
because of what this franchise went through, they're all legends, right? I mean, really forever. And Gasol was instrumental in mm-hmm. that title. Offensively and, of course, defensively, what he did in a couple of those series against the Sixers, uh, you know, Embiid, and then even against the Bucks. I mean, they don't... They don't win the title without Marc Gasol, um, no. for, for sure, for sure. So, yeah. yeah, if it's true and he's leaving, it just sort of sucks. But I'm with you guys. I love Barcelona. Tess, I know you're a big Madrid guy. Uh, we've had that <laughs> conversation before. But both beautiful cities in Spain. And you can go play ball for a living. you got your family over there. You're living it up. Yeah, I was uh, tweeting back and forth with John Schumann uh, oh, because in 2014, <laughs> we were both in Spain for the, uh, it was the World Cup of basketball that it was called back then. I mean, I was there and I ended up going to the World Cup. That was fun. Hung out in both, yeah, the Las Ramblas in Barcelona and in Madrid. Madrid was absolutely fantastic. So Schumann broke down the numbers of why Madrid is ba- better than Barcelona. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He didn't break it down. Uh, he's not that nerdy. Uh, but uh, yeah, Marcus Old needs to go home. Uh, he, I'm sure he'll live a, a little bit of a life like he did at the, at the Raptors Championship Parade where he chugged a <laughs> bottle of wine or two or three or four. And yeah. he wasn't he wasn't allowed on the mic. They didn't give him the mic it's because... He had enough to drink, uh, but he should go and celebrate it. And I think one thing we kind of forget is that he was acquired at the trade deadline that year that they won the championship. Yeah. That's not easy to do, to integrate a starter, and uh, that's how good he is. And he made the defense so, 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 so good. So, yeah, he's uh, he's a legend wherever he goes. I, I assume Marc Gasol already has... Uh... A residence in in Spain in Barcelona wherever, but I would love to see him on Mediterranean Life, <laughs> where he goes, looks at a couple places, thinks about buying it. Which of the three says, "Oh, I could see myself having a coffee here. Oh, I could see myself chugging a bottle of rosé here on this patio." God, I would pay so much money to watch Marcus all and his family on Mediterranean Life. All right, final one here. Make it quick again. It's a photo up or down. On these Louis Vuitton NBA shoes? I guess that's what these are. Trey, you go first. What, up or down? Uh, this looks like a pair of lugs that they put an NBA tag on. You know, uh, uh, this is a no for me, dog. This is a down. Uh, a brown boot. There's no problem with the brown boot, but uh, these are going to be like $9,000 because they're Louis Vuitton. <laughs> and the only NBA thing you're getting for it. There's a little luggage tag. Are you kidding me? It doesn't make any sense. But, uh, you know, I'm like, Lee, if you guys want to send a pair over, yeah. why not? I, I support all 30 teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Louis Vuitton, if I remember correctly, they signed or they announced like a multi-year partnership with the NBA at the beginning of 2020. And I only remember that because I think we talked about it. Remember there was like a luxury travel case? Yeah. Um, I think it was going around last night for for the Larry O'Brien. That looks pretty cool. And we were like, oh, that's neat. But yeah, these, I am. I'm with you. I think there's that little tag tray and there's another photo where there's an NBA logo on the tongue. Um, cool. Which makes it even worse, I think. Yeah, I'm down. Lee, what do you think of these shoes? Yeah, they look a little clunky to me. They just yeah. look a little heavy and a little clunky and... Uh, I mean, yeah, no, look, if Louie wants to send a pair, I'll wear them oh around. My God. <laughs> but otherwise, they look a little bit too much like the Spice Girls, a bit too platformy there at the bottom. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're just too heavy for me. I like something a little lighter on my feet. If you want to be my Louie. Um, <laughs> what do you think, Tass? They're ugly. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a down. I, I don't mind a boot. I don't mind a, a brown boot, as Trey said, but uh, you can rock, rock some Tim's. Uh, like Kamala Harris does, and nobody—that's th- all you need. You don't need to. I'm, I'm okay again, beige anything, but um, 
These are <laughs> these these just don't do it. Uh, the 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 little uh, embezzlement. What do you call those things? There, the little jewelries. And, yeah. No, the the, the jewels and the, uh, the embellishments. No. <laughs> what the hell yeah. are you talking? Yeah. Those little things in the soul. <laughs> get a, get them out of here. They're ugly. Right. Everything's ugly. I would Come on, these would look great with a camel coat. Man. I was just gonna say. <laughs> just to see that Taz rocking his camel coat and those shoes. Hell yeah. That'd be a yeah, that would work. That would work. Yeah. All right. Let's take one more quick break. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, it's time for a tweet of the night. Mmm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Uh, tweet of the night. Tweet of the night is more of a photo, I guess, but there is a caption to go with it. It's from at Brady Klopfer, MBA. He has this photo of Eric Sprolstra sort of looking at the camera while Rachel Nichols sets up the uh, coach's interview between quarters. Caption is, when you lose your keys and someone asks if you've checked where you last put them, <laughs> that's the look Spolstra's given right there. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those nights for Eric Spolstra. Not only did he get hammered in game one, but he lost his keys. He doesn't know where he put them, Lee. Yeah, oh, that's, uh, that's what he looked like on the side a couple of times there last night. Just like, what the hell am I going to do against these guys? Yep, yep. But, he uh, has been a master of like in-season or I guess in-series adjustments, though. Yep. So we will see what he's got up... Uh, his sort of tight sleeves there for game two. <laughs> Showing off the guns. He's looking good. Great, great stuff there from at Has he got two Klopfer. watches on? No. Oh, let's go back. That's, yeah, can you? that's, that's the, uh, the that's arm. The, yeah, that's the Disney World thing. Right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> I like how excited you got that he might have two uh, wristwatches on. All right. Let's call it there, guys. That's it for us today. We're actually going to do something we haven't done a lot over the last couple of months. We're going to take a day off tomorrow on Friday. No game on, of course, tonight. But we'll be back on Saturday morning to break down Game 2 of the NBA Finals. So no new podcast on Friday. If you haven't already, 
go check out the Beach Steppin' podcast that we dropped yesterday. A lot of fun. A lot of zaniness in that one. Keep your questions and your comments coming for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Email them in, no dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc. Go grab yourself some sweet No Dunks merchandise at nodunks.com. Shout out to everybody who already copped the uh, Turn Up Love You Guys Awesome t-shirt and or the classic No Dunks pin. Hopefully going to get those uh, you know shipped out to you guys very, very soon. Thank you, though, if you already did uh, buy one. We really appreciate it. If you haven't already subscribed to The Athletic, tell them we sent you. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Sign up for $1 a month. Crazy deal. Incredible deal. All right. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And uh, the Clippers slander continues here throughout the postseason. So a comment from Sam Unono about those beautiful Louis Vuitton shoes. Those are something Patrick Beverly would wear. Yikes. Ouch. (laughs) Brace the day, people.